started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Lots to say here today, my friends. A whole lot of things racing through my mind. It's been quite some time since I've had this level of processing going on. And I think I can attribute that to finally being able to quiet the noise. Dennis Nappy, the second here with Sixth Sense Media. Welcome to the Seeker podcast. Uh, I'm happy to be out here broadcasting with all of you. Again, I'm posting this up on the YouTube channel and also on the normal Seeker podcast channels. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify and, of course, on YouTube and also at SixthSenseMedia.net. Lots going through my mind. I'm not even sure where to begin. Last, I reached out to all of you in a podcast about two weeks ago. I was talking about just how fried i i was feeling uh psychic fatigue i think is what i titled that show uh and by all means i certainly was just overwhelmed and overloaded you can hear it in my voice i'm just getting over an illness uh which i think ended up serving me because it afforded me a few days home to really just shut everything down um but just to recap uh just feeling so many signals coming in and again i want to stress this this wasn't a show of i'm being psychically attacked that was not what i was getting at it felt like uh, an attack on my nervous system but i don't i don't want to paint the picture although it would be fun to explore that uh in a science fiction realm but i want to paint the picture that there was a targeted signal coming at me and and bringing me down because i'm too close to the truth and all that stuff um i think some of us right now are living in very noisy times and i think the more aware we are of certain things that are going on the more hypersensitive we become the more inclined we are to try to help and fix things the more hypersensitive we become the more exposed we become the more vulnerable we can become Uh, and for me the past the past month was a realization that I need to have better defenses in place uh, just for my own mental health, my own psyche, and my own well-being. 
And I need to really hone my focus and decide where I want to focus my energy. Uh, I think my defenses worked in the sense that I was still in there recognizing that my resources were depleted. I was recognizing that my thoughts weren't what they should be. They were almost in a state of despair and exhaustion. So I'm proud of myself for that. But then it was this realization of uh, I spread myself too thin. And what do I do now? And how do I climb out of it? Um, And I didn't like how I felt. So I really, um, I unplugged. And this week, um, I, I wasn't feeling so great. And I had an opportunity to just stay home for two days, which meant I didn't even have, I had time during the day where I didn't even have my children speaking to me because they were at school. Uh, and that was, that was really a blessing for me to just have that time. And I just sat in silence. I didn't think about anything. I maybe watched a movie or two. I rested. Um, and then this weekend, I was home Wednesday and Thursday. And this weekend, yesterday, today's Sunday, it's the 6th of November. Yesterday, I, uh, I turned off my phone for 90% of the day. So I didn't even have texts coming in from friends. I didn't have my Twitter alerts. I didn't have, I had nothing, no news alerts, nothing coming in. And I just relaxed yesterday and I spent some time with my family. And uh, I woke up this morning feeling motivated to finally do yoga. I hadn't done yoga or meditated in a week. And uh, as I was going through my practice, I realized my thoughts started racing again in the way in which I like my thoughts racing. Uh, in addition to that, I noticed last night I spent some time. I watched two shows. I watched The X Files and I watched The Wonder Years. I grew up watching The Wonder Years. So I connected with that nostalgia that I had as a kid. And I connected with that sense of wonder that I that really started this journey for me, which was watching Fox Mulder and Dana Scully navigate the mysteries of the world. And that reignited something in me it unlocked something in me I'm, I'm thankful for for that show uh for what it did for me that show is one of the reasons i felt confident to pursue this path that i'm on and it was that sense of not knowing and that sense of wanting to know and searching that excited me as a 17 year old kid uh, that inspired me to join the military, to to start asking questions online, to pursue all these things that I've done. And I was reminded of that last night in watching Mulder and Scully investigate. And I was saying to myself, as I said when I was a kid, I want to do that. I want to find the answers. And I feel that over the past two years, I, I, let me let me step back with a caveat. For those of you listening, looking for answers, I don't have any answers. I don't. I have questions and I have my experiences to share. And I think that's where I want to be. I want to find those answers. I do. But I never want to lose my questions because it's having those questions, as I say at the end of every show, never stop questioning, keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. And when we start to adopt a dogma, we start to accept a narrative. 
I think we're stepping out of the realm of possibility because we're starting to interpret the world through a particular lens. And the last few years have been so difficult and so traumatic. And I feel that there have been forces at work trying to divide us into certain camps, certain schools of thought, trying to categorize us and hurt hurt us, really. I think that our minds are being hurted. Um, and we get stuck in that line of thinking. And then with things like the algorithm, I think it reinforces that line of thought. And in being able to separate ourselves and quiet our minds, I think we we can find that signal that me as a 17-year-old kid found so inspiring. I want to talk about all of those experiences in this show, and I'm, I'm going, I think, to be a little bit all over the place. And, and I'm okay with that because I, I really think that I could take each area I want to discuss tonight or today, and I could probably make three or four different shows. But I, I know for me, this also helps just to get it all out as everything is coalescing and, and processing. But it's been a neat realization for me. And I'm happy to just kind of go through and ask my questions and share my thoughts with a lot of these things uh, that, I'm, that I'm experiencing. But right now, I feel more grounded. Uh, I have that sense of awe and wonder again as I'm looking at these mysteries out there in terms of what's going on in the realm of of UFOs right now. What does all of this psychic phenomena mean? Who are we? What else is out there? Are we being influenced? Is there a grand conspiracy or is this all in my mind? Um, so I, I'm excited with these questions that I have once again to share with all of you out there. And I welcome your thoughts and your feedback on this journey. Um, it, it, lately, let, where do I begin here? Uh, I'm currently reading a book titled Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. I'm reading this book in response to a remote viewing project that I did with the Hellfire Remote Viewing Club. The value of which the data I, I think I have yet to fully process and assimilate because for a while it was work these targets, work these sessions, move on to the next one, work these targets, work these sessions, move on to the next one, life, 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 busy, 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 COVID, family, work. So I didn't, I, I feel like I didn't have time to really appreciate the value. So what I'm trying to do right now is I have quite a few projects trying to unpack and process some of the data that uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of collecting. And uh, so right now I'm exploring the Skinwalker stuff. I am going to be putting together my own review of my data. Uh, and I encourage you, and I'll, I'll link it below, to look at the rest of the team's data. They've already posted a lot of their stuff publicly. We were looking specifically at the what's called the hitchhiker effect at Skinwalker Ranch. The target was specifically tasked to look at a guy by the name of Jonathan Axelrod. He's a government employee. Long story short, he went to Skinwalker Ranch. He went home. Something followed him home. And it not only affected him, but it affected his family as well. His wife and his children, they started having paranormal experiences, seeing large dogmen in their yards, hearing footsteps in their homes. And in, in reviewing this and, and seeing other accounts, I'm not done the book yet, so I can't speak fully on it. 
it just, it reminded me of things that I've experienced growing up, things that I've read about, things that I removed from my book, Food for the Archons, because it was just so cumbersome. I had to take some things out. Um, but my, my thoughts, one of the things I'm exploring right now, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this, is you have these people who it sounds like have never really had a paranormal experience to that nature before. And I'm wondering if what happens when they go to Skinwalker Ranch is they have an encounter with something that creates some kind of harmonization that opens you up psychically. And when they go home, that signal magnifies to the people in their families. And I'm wondering if the reason why these things are so dark and scary is because that marks the beginning of a psychic journey of a psychic awakening. And again, this is just early thoughts here. Tell me if you think I'm off here, but how many of you have been on this journey can think back to the beginning when you started having psychic experiences or paranormal experiences and how scary they were. Now, some of us may suffer a lifetime of scary experiences. Some of us learn to harness that and to recognize that through training, through practice, through research, through consultation, and we figure out how to harness some of it, how to process some of it. And for some of us, those experiences change. Those experiences become rewarding or enriching or enlightening. Uh, I know my through my journey, I used to have very dark encounters as a child, as a teenager, and even in my 20s. I haven't had those dark experiences in a very long time. And I wonder if it's because in addition to researching things, I've been practicing my meditation. I've been practicing holding on to my own awareness in altered states of consciousness, recognizing when I experience something paranormal and not allowing my fear to take over because it's something different. I think when we encounter something, our, our central nervous system automatically has that fight or flight response. But much like dealing with police training or military training, you can learn to control that fear and assess a situation. And I know for myself, I've realized sometimes, hey, this isn't necessarily something bad. And I can process it and I can learn from it. But I also wonder if these experiences are somehow in part a result of our own psyche. We don't understand our reality. We don't understand our connection to it. We don't understand our relationship to it or the influence and control that we have over it. Are we dealing with aspects of ourselves, aspects of our own psyche? Are we dealing with when we feel afraid, scary things manifest from ourselves are we inviting scary things in because we're dealing with the frequency of fear? I don't know, but I have to wonder. I say this because looking at my data, some of the data of the other viewers, the accounts in so far from what I've read in the Skinwalkers at the Pentagon book are scary accounts. Bad things are happening. Scary things are happening. My data talked a lot about seeds being planted and gardeners seeds being planted in the minds spiritual seeds 
And I was what I was amazed is that all of the viewers worked this target blindly, meaning we didn't know what the target was. We had no idea. But I've heard a few viewers use that exact same phrase, which I got in my data, which to me lends credibility to that possibility, which means maybe these scary experiences happen and it forces one to go into a journey, a psychic journey of spiritual growth and evolution, which suggests, and my data suggests, that there are gardeners and that these gardeners are planting these seeds and cultivating this crop that is our minds, our psyches, our souls, our spirits. I don't know what it is. And it's it's those questions, I think, that we have that force us to grow in those directions. And without those scary things happening, would we really ever have the motivation to search for answers in the way in which we do? I don't know. Um, but in looking at my data as I'm going through it, and like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a much more in-depth discussion with my data that I'll review with all of you here uh, on YouTube. I may put it out as a podcast as well. But is it those, are those the scary moments that are forcing us to grow? Are we tapping into something else or is something else tapping into us? And are we now at a stage where these gardeners are allowing this information to come out because they feel we're ready for that? Now, I have a whole bunch of mixed feelings about that. Again, it brings the sense of well, then who's really in control? Am I in control or are these gardeners in control? What makes me me? Do I really have free will? And we have to ask ourselves in this journey of, of growth that we're on, what, how are we going to choose to process and assimilate that information? There are times where I am in a state of despair. And I feel like I have zero control, that the future is written, the control system is too strong, there's nothing I can do about it. And there's other times when I recognize, well, there are things that are beyond my control, but I can control my reaction to things. I can control what I'm going to do with that information. Here's my cyclical thinking. Does that mean, is there some kind of program within me that tells me this is how you're going to process that information. I don't know. But I, I choose to try to assimilate that information and use what I believe, called an illusion or not, my own free will, and how I want to use that information. I want to use that information for growth and hopefully to help others on that on that same journey that we all seem to be on at varying stages and degrees. So are we being influenced? Are we being manipulated? I mean, I think uh, a thousand percent, yes, in a variety of different ways. Some of it is simply human minds trying to influence human minds, and we have greater tools with which to do that now. And I want to step back for a minute because I think there is a level of hypocrisy in some of the things that I that I say, and, and here's why. Uh, I'm an author. We all know that, that I, I write books. I'm a podcaster. I'm sharing information. You take this information, you process this information, and that changes you. 
Think about, for those of you who read, the experience you have when you read a book. As an author, we are communicating a message. Sometimes that message is very overt. Sometimes it's more subtle. Sometimes, at least for me, I'm not even fully aware of the message that I'm communicating until the project's done and out and I go through it years later. I think about myself as a reader. When I read a book, that book changes me. That knowledge, that information impacts how I perceive the world, how I perceive myself, how I process information. That's what I talked about a moment ago with the dangers of dogma. It's trapping yourselves into a particular line of thinking. That's why, in my opinion, religion can be a dangerous thing because it's not evolving. It's not changing. It's saying these are the parameters with which you can think. And when new information comes in, you need to process it through these filters. I think with spirituality, we should keep it open. This is how I'm thinking right now. As I get new information, it may allow my thinking to evolve. I think this is what happens when people take psychedelics. It opens their minds to different possibilities and ways of thinking. And then you come back to our grounded base physical reality with that, with those new pathways in your mind, new ways of seeing things, new ways of solving problems. And I think books have that opportunity if we're not looking at it through a particular dogmatic lens or particular belief system, a typical or particular political view. We have all these dogmas now that are coming out. People are taking sides and they're digging in. They're saying, this is the way things should be. And here's my argument. And here's step back. Just take it in. Keep an open mind. I can't stress that enough. All right. I'm getting sidetracked here. But one of the things that's going through my mind is, at least for me, at least some of us who are a little bit older, we're used to taking a book and taking the time to read that book. So me, I'm a slow reader. So a book, a novel might take me you know, two weeks to a month to, to go through. Depending on what else is going on in my life, it may take me three, four months to go through a book sometimes. The longer it takes me, that's the more I'm going through it, slowly digesting that information and processing that, inf- processing that information and slowly going through a change. However, we're now getting our information in the form of 15 second to one minute TikTok and YouTube shorts. That's a short amount of time, but a lot of information is being compacted and sent to us in that short amount of time. What impact is that having on our minds, on our thought process? Well, when you incorporate algorithms, we're being fed an echo chamber. We're not being fed multiple opposing political views. We're being fed the same, and it's not just with politics, but we're being fed the same signal line, the same information reinforced in our mind, but it's being processed much shorter, much quicker. And I bring this up in looking at AI, in looking at algorithms, because it reminds me of an interview. And for the life of me, I have no idea where I heard it. Probably 15 years ago, and I don't know how old it was, but it it was an abductee sharing his experiences And one of the things he talked about was part of his training was being shown a variety of symbols over time, over a series of abductions. And he said, at one point, everything clicked for him. Why am I, he got mad. Why am I being shown these symbols? I'm tired of this training. And then a symbol was shown to him 
And in that one symbol, a novel's worth of information was communicated to him. His mind was entrained to record, to process information differently. More and more information was contained in less and less content. So normally, like I said, I will take a book and it'll take me months to read. Now we're at a point where I can get information in a 15 second short. What if that's what's happening with our minds? And and a great example of this is if you watch the movie, The Arrival. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend, not the 1990s version with Charlie Sheen, the new version, I can't remember the actor or the actresses that are in it, uh, but it's a great movie about uh, ET contact and uh, they teach a new language. And that language, the use of the construct of language impacts the use of our own thoughts and how we process time and reality. It's an excellent movie. I wonder if we're seeing something similar happening with that right now. Are we going through an entrainment process? Are we going through operant conditioning here? How can we be sure? Here's a conspiracy question, and I don't mean it that way. How can we be sure that there aren't tones, signals, frequencies, symbols that are embedded in the content that we're receiving that will then have an impact on our physiological or mental processes at a future point in time. So every time we see a certain political ad, it invokes a certain feeling in us. What if there's a tone or a frequency or a harmonic that resonates with that as well, that invokes that same feeling within us? What happens when they remove the ad and play the tone, and now we're having these feelings? This brings me back to the heart mass studies I talked about 2012, 2016, around the times of political, presidential political campaigns, talking about the dangers of not being aware of the signals that are around us. There could possibly be an entrainment process that's going on with all of these different signals. I'm asking a big what if. I don't know. These are things I think we need to be mindful of as we go through this process of, of awareness, this process of understanding ourselves. And engaging with this technology that we really, I don't know that we're prepared to harness. Some people are, the people who are driving that technology. Or are they even people? I I don't know. I find it curious that in some of these UFO encounters where people are getting pictures, mysteriously their phones are hacked and the pictures are gone. Is it some aspect of a shadow government that's doing it? Is it an advanced AI? Is it just the AI that currently exists within our own internet right now? Or is it some advanced ET race? We honestly don't know. We don't know what this reality is. We don't even know who or what we are, which is one of my main driving questions in trying to understand. We may be in an awakening process of becoming self-aware right now. We may think we're self-aware. We still don't know who we are. We still don't know what we are. So these signals, where are they coming from? What purpose do they serve? Where is this all going? It seems like there is so much psychic noise right now. And in times like this, I think there's opportunities for learning things that we may not be, we may not be prepared to learn or we may not be supposed to learn at this point in time, which is why I think it's important to quiet the noise, step back and look around and see what's happening with an open mind.
I think now more than ever, it's important for us to be mindful of what we're taking in, what we are allowing ourselves to consume into our minds, or to at least have a very good filter, not a dogmatic filter, but one that's more connected to our intuition. Does this serve me or does this hinder me? It doesn't mean we can't look at uncomfortable things. It doesn't mean we can't and shouldn't experience things that are displeasing to us. And I bring us back to my skinwalker example. And I'm not, I'm not claiming that that's the answer. I want to be quite clear. I'm asking the question, are these negative, scary things necessary for our own spiritual growth and evolution? Or are these negative, scary things a detriment and a threat to us? I honestly don't know. I don't want to close that door, that window of possibility. But I do have to wonder, is it both? And it very well could be both, or it could be something else completely. But I I do have this sense as I'm reading this book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, and as I'm processing the remote viewing data connected, collected through Hellfire and my own sessions. What I'm seeing are, I don't mean this in the religious context, but in some ways I do. What I'm seeing are stories that are equally as fantastic as stories that come from the old religions. People who encounter gods, people who encounter angels, people who encounter things they cannot explain. And I wonder if we look at some of the accounts that come out of this book 2,000 years from now, how will those stories be told? How will those stories be revered? Because it sounds like we're slowly starting to get official acknowledgement. Is that not what ultimately happened with the stories that came out of the story of the Christian religion? And it was changed and it was manipulated. And we know all of that. We're not going to get into that story right now. But you had people who had extraordinary experiences, who had divine experiences, who had supernatural experiences that they couldn't understand, they couldn't fully process. And it forced them to grow. And they became teachers trying to talk about this experience in their quest to understand it and in their quest to share that information with mankind. Now, this is what kind of some of the things that my data suggested is the long-term effects of these seeds that are planted in the mind. Are we seeing a new religion being born right now. Now, I'm wondering if this is the true form of human potential coming through as we're asking these questions with infinite possibility being the answer, being a possibility, I should say, that it could go in any direction because we don't know what the answer is right now and we're not constricted. But ultimately, does a control system then step in and clamp it down? Does it then target the people who are birthing this knowledge, who are spreading this knowledge that then gets suppressed and seeded in underground channels as as this system tries to wipe it out once again? So are we actually experiencing another awakening as we're going through a transition process once again as a new system of administration is stepping in? And putting in our new parameters here, is this also a time when the restraints aren't as tight and different things are slipping through and getting out? And you're going to see those 
restraints clamping down again. I say that because I'm wondering if someone like David Icke, who is just labeled as a level three terrorist, um, is one of those examples of somebody who had a, and I'm not going to get into the controversy over David Icke. I don't want to deal with those algorithms. But when he started, he had a spiritual experience that he could not understand. And he tried to talk about it, obviously, and was ridiculed, but it evolved into where he is right now. Is that what we're seeing again? Is this that scene in the Matrix? Anyone who is is still connected to the matrix will defend that system because they're still a part of that system. I'm throwing a lot of different ideas and concepts out here, my friends. Um, but I have to wonder so many of these experiences, I think that these divine spiritual experiences are always happening to us all around us all the time. I know for me over the last month or two, I've had a lot less of them, or I've been less aware of them because of all the noise around me. I think that our species, our society, always has access to it, but at times it's harder for us to hear it, to see it, to be aware of the experience. I think since the time the religious texts were written, this has always happened. And then we get brought back in with all of those fancy distractions that are around us, all of those fears that are put into place, which then may cause us to manifest the very dark things with which are, are being seated in our minds at times. I guess my point is, I think we have some power. I think to face that power and harness that power, we may have to go through something scary. But I think that fear can be a point of growth for many of us. I think that as knowledge comes in, we need to take the time, depending on our own processor speed, to assimilate that knowledge and be mindful of that, of those other sources where things are coming at us as well. I don't know how much sense I made. Uh, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get all my thoughts that came kind of rushing into me today uh, out into this podcast. Uh, and I hope that you find some value in it. I know that this is beneficial for me. I say that quite a bit when I can sit down and podcast and just get my thoughts out. This is part of my assimilation of information and spiritual growth. I'm noticing that when I'm able to sit down and, and podcast and, and put and just talk and just talk, um, it helps me grow. It helps me get grounded. It helps me to process. It helps me deal with all of the craziness that seems to swim through my mind. Um, I think there's hope out there, my friends. And I think exploring these great mysteries. Um, and asking those questions can lead us on an amazing journey of discovery, of self-discovery. So, um, not that I'm in a position to give advice, but if you were a fan of the X-Files as a kid, go out and start re-watching some of those old X-Files and see if it can reignite the excitement that I have once again found through that content. All right, friends. Uh, I'm going to conclude it here. 
Um, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, check out sixcentsmedia.net where you can find uh, a wealth of information, all the episodes of The Secret Podcast, the show notes, the links. You can find all of my books, which I'll get to in a minute as well, um, at sixcentsmedia.net. You can also find multiple remote viewing projects and content linked to some of the Hellfire projects as well. More to come on that uh, as well. I have a few Reiki things up there as well that I'm working on. Um, more Reiki projects are coming in the future. I'll direct you to uh, I Am Human and We're Not Who We Think We Are and I Am Human Food for the Archons. Uh, if you enjoy this line of thinking, uh, I really unpack it in those two books. You can find them through the links at sixcentsmedia.net. And then my new project, The Hive, Part 1, The Virus, The Infected, and The Immune. It's a work of fiction. Or is it? Uh, if you follow my work, if you follow my show, um, this book was a fun way for me to explore this mess of thought that I have in my mind and putting it into a uh, putting it into a story. You can see the influence from a particular podcast I did with uh, an incredible remote viewer talking about remote viewing at Q and the data that he brought back as well. So I unpack some of that in this work of fiction in the book, The Hive. Again, you can find it all at sixcentsmedia.net. All right, friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Seeker Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. Thank you for supporting the show. Please be sure to interact with this post, with this content. If you read my books, please consider writing a review as it helps me tremendously. Remember to never stop questioning, keep an open mind, and let your intuition be your guide. I said, empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. Water, my friend, water, my friend. Thank you.